was telling uh, <clears throat> Brother Joe that uh, God has uh, orchestrated even this day for his honor and glory. He's brought us together. Uh, we heard a message from Colossians this morning. Uh, pastor had picked out songs before he left. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. And tonight I'm going to preach on amazing grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Tonight's message I entitled, The Doctrine of Salvation, or The Doctrine of uh, the Lord's Working in My Life, The Doctrine of the Gospel, if you will, and that'll be in Ephesians chapter 1. Isn't God good? And how He brings about all the things that we think we've got under control and we've got organized and that God in His providence and His sovereignty gives to us, gives to you, gives to me exactly what I need. And first of all, I'm thankful that God gave to me a Savior. God gave to me a champion of my faith. God gave to me a sovereign Lord, God Almighty, who has given to me everything I need to live godly in Christ Jesus. There's nothing He has withholden from me, that, nothing that He has given to me, but that He has worked and is working for His honor and for His glory. God is so good to us. And I hope tonight, by the end of the message tonight, that God would impress upon our hearts how good He is, how faithful He is, and that He has given to us everything we need. I'd like to begin with a word of prayer tonight, and as we pray, that we would ask God for wisdom to understand and obey His Word. And Lord, thank You tonight for the privilege to be in Your house with Your people. Lord, it is my privilege to be called a brother in Christ, and it's my privilege to call these my brothers and sisters in Christ, and that You've given to us the common bond of Christ, that you've given to us the riches of your inheritance in Christ. You have bought us, each one, with the blood of Christ. And you're preparing for us a home. Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity we have to look into your word. Heavenly Father, your word is settled in heaven. And Lord God, tonight I pray that thy word would be settled in our hearts. I pray that the Word of God would dwell richly within us, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, teaching with grace in our hearts to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would be honored. I pray, Lord, that we would get uh, go from this place and just say, wow, what a Savior. What a God who loves me so and has given to me everything I need to live for him. To you be honor and praise and the glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis chapter 1. You can all 
probably tell me the first few words of that chapter in the beginning. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then we turn clear through the scriptures and come to the last chapter and the last verses of Revelation. And in that book, at the last, it says, He which testifies these things say, Surely I come quickly. Amen. And we look forward to that day, do we not? We look forward to that day that God will hear the trumpet and the voice will sound and we in Christ will rise to meet the Lord in the air. And so comfort ye one another with these words. And John was writing here in Revelation, he says, He who testifieth, who has put a stamp on all these things, he says, Surely I come. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. But that is not the last verse. The last verse says this, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. The grace that planned and gave to us salvation's plan, and oh, the mighty grace that brought it down to man. Oh, that mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary is the same grace by which you and I live each and every day of our lives. If you notice in the New Testament, many of the epistles start out, grace and peace be with you. And God has given to us a very clear picture that we walk in the undeserved favor of God every day. God has given to us grace by which to live by. Some have said the gospel is a point in time, which it is. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you, and you can probably recall that day. And some say that it's a point in time with future blessings or a future fulfillment of that. That's a wrong understanding of what grace is all about. Grace is that it is a point in time, a time of transaction in my life that changes everything now. And our pastor has told us and expressed that many times. The gospel changes everything. The gospel changes our motives. The gospel changes our love. The gospel changes our look on life. The gospel changes how we walk, how we talk. It changes our conversation one with another. Someone asked me a while ago, says, have you had any gospel conversations lately? And I thought, wow. That's good though, to be reminded, to converse of the gospel, of what God has done for us. And God that has given to us so much, how can we keep silent? How can we keep silent when God has done so much for us and that He has given to us His grace, His all-sufficient grace? God did not save me 
And here in this chapter, we'll read of this. But God did not save me because he felt sorry for me. Okay? God saved me for his pleasure. God saved me for his glory. God saved me that he, the song we sang, that he would be lifted up. Yes, he does have compassion on me. He does have compassion on you. But he did not have sorrow in that he couldn't do anything about it. When we say, I feel sorry for you, we are saying that, you know, I feel bad for something that happened to you, and I wish, I wish I could do something to help you. That's not our God. God is the one who has ordained, who has given to us the, the gifts of eternal, the gift of eternal life, and He's given to us everything we need, and He is orchestrating in our life that which would bring honor and glory to Him. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6 says, to the praise of the glory of His grace. Chapter 1, verse 12 says that we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ. Chapter 1, verse 14, unto the praise of His glory. We are trophies, every one of us. If you know Christ as your Savior, we are trophies of His grace. You've heard that term before. Where do you generally set a trophy? You generally set a trophy on the, the mantle of the fireplace, right? Or in the trophy case. But it's the trophy that points to the champion. It's the trophy to whom points to the one who has run, who has accomplished, who has finished, who has been the one who we honor. We are trophies of His grace. And let me tonight tell you about my champion, the Lord Jesus Christ, who saved a wretch like me. That our lives should point to him. And Paul starts this chapter, this book, in this chapter, by rehearsing for us the doctrine of the gospel. And I submit to you tonight that every day of our lives we should rehearse the gospel in our lives, what God has done for us. But the gospel is just not one point in time and then it's reserved for the day that Jesus comes back or we go home to be with Him. The gospel should affect our lives every single day. The gospel should be that which we speak of. How can we keep silent? How can we ignore the fact that men are dying and going to a Christless eternity in hell and not share with them the message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ? Christ in His high priestly prayer in John 17 says, and this is life eternal, that they might know Thee, the only true God in Jesus whom thou hast sent. That should be our motivation. That should be that, the, the reason we live, that others might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Let me tell you what he's done for me. 
God is so good in tearing, taking care of us. Just as the children of Israel during the wilderness wanderings were always reminded to go back to what one event in their history. What was the one event that God continually reminded them of? The exodus. The deliverance. To remind them of the great deliverer. Strong deliverer. Strong deliverer. Be thou still my strength and shield. Be thou still my strength and shield. And as we come, that, that thread of truth goes clear through the Scriptures. In the New Testament, that Paul and the other writers in the New Testament constantly remind us to what? Go back to the cross. Go back to the cross. The cross upon which Jesus died is a shelter in which we can hide. And His grace so free, so, fish, so sufficient for me. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who what? He loved me and He gave Himself for me. The One who died in my place, who paid my sin debt on the cross of Calvary. He loves you. Can I doubt His tender mercies through life have been my guide? Heavenly peace, divinest comfort, here by faith in Him to dwell. And I hope tonight you're dwelling in Him. I hope His Word is dwelling in you. And that we realize that the doctrine of the Gospel is for today. May this trophy tell you about my Savior. Ephesians gives us the doctrine of the Gospel from the beginning of chapter 1, clear through the end, talks of the Father. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies, in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him. Who? God hath chosen us before the foundation of the world. Can you get your mind wrapped around that fact? That before the foundation of the world, God loved you and chose you to be one of His and has given to you the promise of His redemption. He has predestined us unto the adoption of children according to the good pleasure, verse 5, of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, then he talks of Christ in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. The twins were out to the farm yesterday and I was sharing with them of, of this passage. I read through it. I said, the riches of God's grace. And I said to Judah, I said, do you know you're rich? You're rich? And you know what Judah said? Well, Grandpa, I only got $38. I only got $38. To him, that was part of being rich. No, Paul is talking about here a greater riches that money cannot buy. Greater riches that holes in your pocket cannot lose. 
The grace that we're rich, we're exceedingly rich in grace. And in chapter 2 that was read in our hearing tonight, if you go down to verse 7, that in the ages to come, the ages to come, future, in heaven, that we'll know the exceeding riches of His what? Of His grace in His kindness toward us. Have you known of the kindness of Christ in your life? I have. God is kind. Christ is kind. But I do not know even just really a, a minute experience of how kind God is. Until I get to heaven, I will then fully understand the kindness of God. Of why He did what He did. Of why He didn't do what He didn't do. And that we'll read here in a little bit that God in His kindness and in His wisdom manages all the affairs of man. The king's heart is in the hand of God. As the rivers of water, He directeth it wherever He wills. We've learned that in Sunday school this morning. He brings one king up. He sets another king down. And nothing apart from the sovereign hand of God can change that. Our God is in control. Are you not thankful for that? He is in control of every minute detail in your life. And He is the one who, who orchestrates and brings about that which we are not in control of. Just real quickly, have you ever had God answer a prayer in your life? Have you ever had God answer something? Sure, we all have. Was it big? Was it small? Yesterday I had a, a, just a small conversation with the Lord. I said, Lord, it sure would be nice. <laughs> and you know what he did? He called me on the phone. It wasn't God who called me on the phone. <laughs> but my phone rang and I answered it. And someone said, we're coming. And you know what? God so graciously answered just a small little prayer of an insignificant servant of a man who is so thankful for him that God answered that. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a big deal to me, but it was a big deal to God. And I've had men, I had Lyle today share with me a prayer that God answered a need in his life that God answered. Isn't God good? He is so good in giving to us what we need. And so Paul, after expressing what God has done for us in God himself, in Christ, he has sealed us with the Holy Spirit of promise in verse 13. He's the earnest. He's the security of that inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. And then tonight, I just want to mention three or four things real quick. Paul wrote this book in the prison of Rome. And this morning, Brother Joe, so, so, so keenly and accurately gave to us the message in Colossians. 
And Paul wrote the book of Ephesians, Colossians, and our pastor just finished the book of Philemon for us, all in which God was calling us to remember the mystery of the Gospel of Christ. The faithfulness of God and how He has displayed that faithfulness to us. And there was two men with him there. One was Tychicus, <clears throat> Tychicus, excuse me, and Onesimus. Tychicus was from Colossae, and we know as we have gone through Philemon that Onesimus was a servant of Philemon in the church that was in Philemon's home. And Paul sent letters to those three churches, Ephesians, Colossae, and the church that was meeting in Philemon's home, to remind them, number one, that he was thankful for them. He says, since I've heard of your faith, I'm thankful what God has done in your life. And every time I hear a testimony of someone of the amazing grace of God, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that God is still working. Sometimes we get discouraged, don't we? Sharing the gospel, don't get discouraged, okay? Don't get disappointed. Oh, they didn't hear. And we're still praying for Sal. We're praying that he would come to Christ. After a year, he came back to me and said, that little book you gave me of the track that told about Jesus, I'm, I'm reading that again, okay? Don't be discouraged. Keep being faithful. Being, thank, being thankful. Thankfulness for God's blessing. He said, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Thankfulness for God's blessing. Sometimes at the time we don't know it's a blessing, do we? When God gives to us, or God takes from us. But we know whate'er befall me, Jesus doeth what? All things well. All my way, my Savior leads me. What could I have asked beside? Can I doubt his tender mercies who through life has been my guide? Jesus do, does all things well. And we need to be thankful for that. We need to be thankful for what God is doing. Can I just share something with you real quick? You said, well, you've been sharing for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> it's this little book that came into my home on Christmas Eve. And it's written on the front, it says, Thankful Journal. It was given to me by my son, Adam. And he said, Dad, we need to be thankful. We need to be thankful for all God's done for us. And so I said, yeah, we do. And so I keep this, <clears throat> I keep this on my coffee table. If you ever come to visit me, and I hope you do, Ask me where that thankfulness journal is. I want you to record something in here that you're thankful for. Some of these I can't read without being choked up, but uh, you can read them anytime. 
Here's one. I'll just read. Kids were out and we were having devotions. And someone wrote in here, you can see, kind of written with big letters and, you know, R-E-D-E-I-N-G. says, thankful for reading the Bible with Grandpa. That's a treasure. Here's another one. It says, I'm thankful for my Savior, Jesus Christ, my Lord. He has saved me from the bondage of my sin. We learned that today in our devotion with Grandpa, God's people were to be delivered from Egypt. <laughs> and here's one. It says, we were talking about Joseph. You know, Joseph and his brothers. He had brothers that you probably wouldn't want, did you? <laughs> and they came away by saying, never sell your brother because they are part of your family. <laughs> but it's always good. Thanks, Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Thankful for you and your salvation for all that God has done, and I cease not, I stop not to give thanks that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That word wisdom is tied right back over to chapter 1, verse 8. Same word. He says, wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. You say, well, what does prudence mean? Is that something you eat as a laxative? Or No, it's not. Prudence is the... Being wise and acting in accordance with that wisdom. It has to do with managing all things. That God in His wisdom is right now actively managing all things in your life and in my life. Where can I go from Thy presence? Where, I, where can I flee? If I, if I go up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. There is none in heaven but thee, O Lord. There is no one else on earth but thee. Where can I go? Christ asked His disciples, will you go? Will you leave? Will you depart from Me? Where can we go? You're the one who has eternal life. You are the one who has the words of eternal life. And in Him, we live and we move and we have our being. Some of us, us it's a little harder to move in the morning, right? <laughs> I see some heads nodding. But we still move. We move in Him. The parameters of our being are, are secured in Him. In Him are the underneath are the everlasting arms. His hands of Psalm 139 is behind us. 
before us and over us. Thank the Lord for that. That you may know the hope of his calling settled. The hope of his calling is settled. It's sured. There in verse 18, the eyes of your understanding that you might be enlightened to the fact that God is in control. He is orchestrating your life. Have you surrendered to Him? Have you said, Lord, here am I. Send me. All that you're wanting to accomplish in your life, in my life, Lord, I'm here. Use me. Use me to bring forth your honor and glory. The hope of his calling is settled. Turn, if you will, keep your finger there. Can you turn over to Hebrews real quick? Hebrews chapter 6. What is this hope? Who is this hope? Hebrews 6, verse 18, that two immeasurable immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation or comfort who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Have you ever needed comfort? Have you ever needed consolation? Have you ever needed just a hand, an arm, around your shoulder? Let me tell you tonight, I'm thankful for you. And that which has showed, God has showed me of him has been seen in your life and expressed to me in many, 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 many ways. Thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for caring for me. Thank you for encouraging me. I thank the Lord for you. And God has given to us that consolation that is found only in him. That we have fled for a refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into the, within the veil. Whether the forerunner is for us, entered in, even who? Jesus. He is our hope. He is the one to whom we run to. Christ said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, for my yoke is easy. That word easy is the same word that we read just earlier in chapter 2. That in ages to come we might know the exceeding riches of his kindness. Christ's yoke is kind. At the time we think, Lord, why are you doing this? Why are you giving this? Why are you taking this? I'm so thankful I'm not God's counselor. I'm so thankful I'm not the one who tells God how to manage things. He's doing very well. 
in managing my life and your life. And the question I have for you, are you settled? Are you satisfied with how God is managing your life? Are you ready to fire him? <laughs> Where are you going to go? Who have you in heaven but, but God? And as God is orchestrating in your life, sometimes people are finding themselves unsettled and so they run to self-made idols. Instead of worshiping the God who made me, I worship a God whom I have made. And those materials that are found in my idol factory, which is my very heart, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, that are not of the Father, but of, are of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And people run and they're unsettled in their heart and their spirit and they, they run and they seek to set up and to make idols. And they go and come find the next day that idol is what? Toppled over. They set it back up again. They come back and it's toppled over. That idol will never satisfy the longing of your heart. That idol cannot love you. That idol cannot care for you. That idol cannot satisfy you. And the question I have for each one of us tonight, am I satisfied with how God is managing my life? The word prudence and His wisdom and His prudence that He's orchestrating my life for His honor and glory. All that is in the world that it can never satisfy. He is my hope. He is the one I cling to. That I may not turn from Him. And may you encourage me. And may I encourage you. Cling to Him. Cling to Him. During days of uncertainty, during days of pain, during days of suffering, during days of lack, during days of sufficiency, cling to Him. But my God shall supply. What will God supply? All my need. All my need. Everything I need. The hope of His calling is settled. The glory of His inheritance is undescribable. How can I up here tonight even begin to describe for you what that rich inheritance is. I can't. I can't even begin, but I know it's indescribable. I know it's incomparable. I know it's very weighty. And I know as Scripture reveals to me that this light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh in me a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. The afflictions that we are going through that as God is managing your life and orchestrating the things in your life, yeah, pain is, is a part of that. Suffering is a part of this life. 
But may we know that that pain and suffering is temporal, momentary, and very light. And you say, what? Doesn't seem light to me. If we could just compare it to the eternal weight of the glory of God and heaven and the kindness of the grace of God that we'll see in heaven one day, it's pretty light. It's pretty short. The life that I now live in the flesh, it's pretty short. Sufferings of this present are not worthy to be compared. Romans chapter 8, verse 18, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. That's what Paul writes. Can't compare them. Oh, that God would give us that grace that I need, that you need today to be satisfied with God. God, and I've said this before, I heard this John Piper preach one time, he says, God is most glorified in me when I'm most satisfied in Him. God, you planned it all. And in this chapter, it says God's planned it. He's purposed it. He's pleased with it. Okay, What He has done in calling you to Himself and giving a Redeemer that, that it says in, in Isaiah 53 that the pleasure of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ for you and for me was pleasing in the sight of His Father. Can't fully understand that. I'm so thankful that God given me a Savior. And then finally tonight, the greatness of His power. The hope of His calling is settled. The glory of His inheritance is indescribable, and the greatness of His power is complete. It's complete. Well, what else do I need? What else do you need? All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. I was given a book. Krista gave me a book a few weeks ago. It's entitled, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Written by a man, Robert Morgan, who was struggling with losses in his life, the loss of his wife, the age of 41, from MS. And he said, I struggled with the faithfulness of God. God turned me to his word and says, Robert, you need to be more, you become more of a student of the word of God and you find out who I am. See, sometimes we focus on what God is doing. And that's okay. But we need to more focus on who he is. Who he is. Well, God, you gave me this. God, you took this. God, you did that. But in that, may we always re be reminded of who God is in His character. God is unchanging based upon the past, 
But folks, may we focus upon the, the fact of the character of God that God is not just unchanging, He's unchangeable. He's unchangeable. That's His character. And because of His character, He is unchanging. There is no shadow of turning with Him. Why? Because He is the Son. There is no shadow cast by Him because of Him getting in the way of the Son. He is the Son. There is no shadow of turning with Thee. Thou changest not, Thy compassions they fail not. As Thou hast been, Thou forever wilt be. Isn't that neat? Praise God. He doesn't change. And Robert Morgan, in one of the pages there, he expressed this, and I'll just give these to you real quickly. It says, God's holiness. God's faithfulness is displayed in four pillars of God's very character. God's holiness in that He cannot deceive us. God's goodness in that He cannot forget us. God's truth that He will not change. And God's power, He will not fail. He will not fail. He is the rock, Deuteronomy 32.4. His work is perfect. Sometimes it's hard to say that, isn't it? To be honest. He is a rock. His work is perfect. His management of things in my life is perfect. All of His ways are judgment. A God of truth without iniquity, just and right is He. He's good. He's right in all that He does. And as Abraham asked God in pleading for the inhabitants of Sodom and Gomorrah, what it, what it came down to was what? What did Abraham say? Shall not the judge of all the earth do what's right? You can count on it. Your God will always do what's right. Oh God, may I line myself up with you. Be content and be satisfied with what you're doing in my life. To God be the glory, great things He hath done. So loved He the world that He gave us His Son, who yielded His life and atonement for sin, for my sin, for your sin, and opened the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the people what? Rejoice. Rejoice and be glad in Him. And in Thy presence is fullness of joy. Is there not? Oh, we need to focus on the mighty character of God. God is unchanging. How good He is. How good He is. Oh, may you continue on. May I continue on. Be faithful. Be rejoicing. Be thankful. Be contented with what God is doing. And rejoice in Him always. And again, 
I say rejoice. Heavenly Father, tonight we thank you for your word. I pray that it would find lodging and find home in our hearts. Lord, that we would come and ask you that thy word would be settled, not only in heaven, but would be settled in our hearts. May we be students of your word. May we be men and women, boys and girls, who the word of God dwells in us richly. There's no one else that we can go to but you, Lord, and tonight we praise you. We lift you up. How can I keep silent when you've done so much for me? Help us, Lord, to voice. May the people rejoice. The goodness of God has been good. It's been so good to be in the house of the Lord today, and we rejoice in that. Pray you use us, take us, make us, conform us to your image, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> 